This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good afternoon, family and friends. And once again, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. Thank you for joining me, Renette Marburg, on my program called uh, Rise. And yes, Radio K Pulpit is on 7 to 9 a.m. And this is the program where we really give you hope guidance, wisdom, and knowledge when real life happens in the family. And we often discuss relevant and often unspoken issues in the family in truth and in love. But with God, we can rise, and we can rise to restoration and rise above all together as a family. And I just want to encourage you this afternoon. I have got a fine young man on the phone with us this afternoon, and he is on the line with us, and he's from the Southern South but this afternoon he's going to share his incredible, beautiful testimony, living in victory where our past does not define our future. And he is called Shepherd Pani. And welcome, Shepherd. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Uh, so good to hear from you again. And uh, I, I pray that you're well. Yes, I am doing well. So great to be here. Again, um, what an honor and a privilege to be in your platform again uh, this afternoon. And I hope you're doing good and continue to the listeners. Thank you so much, Shepard. So we're going to join Shepard straight after this. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will continue with our conversation right after this. Good afternoon. And, yes, we've got an amazing guest on the line with us this afternoon. And his name is Shepard Pani. He's a business owner, entrepreneur. He owns Malusi Coffees. And, yeah, you've got such a beautiful testimony. And I love your testimony, uh, Shepard. The fact that you have your past really doesn't define your future. You've got such a beautiful, uh, you've got a wife, Suzeka, and three beautiful children. You are such a, you, you are such an encouragement uh, to me as well um, with your with your history. But I don't want to share that with uh, with the listeners right now. I want you to share it because it really comes with so much. And I know Radio Pulpit had a path with you over the years. So that is also just an added bonus for us as well because it's so encouraging to hear that we have an impact on uh, those listening out there as well. But you can just include that later on in your testimony. So, Shepard, you've had a remarkable testimony. And please share us your experiences of life from a childhood till thus far. Um, afternoon again, listeners. Uh, Shepard, uh, firstly, as you mentioned, is the founder of uh, Melissa Coffee Company, where I provide coffee catering for corporate events and weddings and church events. Uh, so it's a mobile coffee bar, which allows me to serve coffee anywhere, anytime. And the reason um, actually what inspired me to sort of like start off this company last day in October, um, it was the, the, the dream, you know, that started inside uh, where I was in, in prison. But also just, just to share actually what got me there uh, in, uh, in prison. Um, I grew up in Kailicha, 
um, with my mother and father. So as a child, actually, things um, going up in that neighborhood of Inita Park in Kailicha, it was it, it was an amazing um, community where people that work for the government they sort of got houses, you know, uh, to stay there. Which my father uh, was was fortunate to secure us place there. But as a child, I struggled. Uh, I struggled with reading and writing, uh, which is uh, one of the reasons I believe uh, that made me to end up um, living a life where I was rebellious, uh, a life where I felt like that I would never amount up to anything in life. You know, um, the, I call it a disability because it's something that really like blocked me in achieving mm. the dreams that I wanted to achieve. You know, as a child, I had a dream. I wanted to become a social worker back then. But I saw that this will not happen because of I can't read and I can't write. It sort of like uh, destroyed my hope and dreams. And your confidence. They, yeah, and my confidence, especially the confidence, my self-esteem it was crushed at the very early age of my life, uh, I think around grade six, uh, that is when um, I really saw that, you know what, I'm not like the other kids in, in school. Although I was fortunate enough, I had, I, I always dressed nice, you know, I always, my, my parents made sure that they provided the necessary things for me, for my wedding, but at school, uh, the academic academic wise, I struggled. So they did not know that I was struggling because I kept that as a secret. And I kept that as a secret uh, for all my childhood life, even around my peers, you know, even around people that I met along my journey in life. I always kept it as a secret, but it was always a secret that sort of like constantly uh, broke down my self-esteem as a young man. Uh, who wanted to to achieve, you know, greater things in life and seeing my other uh, childhood friends, you know, pursuing their school uh, uh, activities or, or things that they wanted to become, you know, they were thriving and like, I, was, I was actually behind. So that sort of like really broke my heart. And I remember there was a time where I asked uh, if, if, if there is really God, why am I like this? You know, I constantly blame God because I felt like, why I, I why am I like this? You know, I felt like I'm, I'm the only person who cannot read and write. So in high school, I don't know how I got to high school, but I managed to get to high school and then I decided to drop out of school. I left school and my father uh, said to me, since he... Uh, was a man who believed a lot in working hard. You know, he worked very hard for himself and was able to put us in the place where we were. And he said to me, you know what, son, you uh, you can go and work and look for work since you are not uh, doing school, quite well at school. So I decided to go and work and I went for uh, Kauai in Tiger Bay. Uh, that was my first job. I worked there as a juice bar, uh, did coffee, there, which I enjoyed and I was loved at work, but I had this uh, 
problem of I could not read and I could not write. So this thing constantly, you know, was on my mind, you know, so I, I became an alcoholic, you know, just to look at my mm. heart because I, I never I never wanted, you know, to be working. I was still young, I was seventeen years old. I wanted to 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 be educated. I wanted to be a social worker. So uh, it was a constant reminder every time I would think of myself and even look at my peers. You know how yes. what they were doing in their own lives. You know, and mm. I was working. So it made me to drink a lot. It made me to make a lot of bad decisions in life. Um, and then. Eventually, because when you're drinking a lot, um, you you can't even keep up with work. So uh, drinking alcohol made me to be productive because I would I would sleep late um, and then I would not pitch up for work. Then I lost my work uh, due to that. Then I stayed for about um, two years, uh, if I'm not mistaken not working and now I was just hustling trying to yes. have fun, you know, uh, being on the street, you know, made making wrong decisions, you know, because I'm not having money. And then mm-hmm. eventually uh I met someone at a club and then the person introduced me to drug trafficking and I was desperate and this time uh my father has just had just passed away. Uh, in 2010, and that was 2011, when I got introduced to drug trafficking. Uh, that time, by that time, I think I was around 20, uh, 20 years. Yes. Then I went on my first trip to Sao Paulo. I traveled uh, to Sao Paulo um, to to go collect the drugs to bring them to South Africa, which I did succeed on my first trip. I came back. But again, because of the the lifestyle that I was living, you know, drinking and clubbing, the money actually did not go to the things that I promised that I would do with it because I had my mother and my younger brother. Uh, that now I took upon myself a responsibility as the eldest son since my father has passed away that I will look after them. And then I, I executed a few things with the money that I remember. Um, and the rest, I just uh, squandered it on on, the, on drinking and, and buying clothes. And then again, when it finished, I went back to the same uh, position where I was, where I, I was broke again. And again, this constant reminder of my current situation and the life that I'm in. Yes. You know, it became very strong uh, to a point where... I wanted to com- to commit suicide now. Because mm, you're so, so sub- submerged into this. Yes, yes. So now I'm like, I'm, I'm losing hope and, uh, all the time um, because I'm thinking to myself, you know. Like, and when you drink, <laughs> it, uh, you know, when you drink too much, it's, it actually doesn't help you make good decisions either because depression gets added to it. Yes, yes, that's what I've learned also during that time that, you know, uh, as as much as I was trying to make alcohol as an escape, 
but alcohol actually caused me to make mm. a lot of other bad decisions. And I would wake up in the morning with other problems that are waiting for me, you know, things that I've said or done because of I was drunk. So it was not the solution, you know, but I, just, I was trying to escape from the reality that was before me, which was uh, I'm, I'm, I can't read and, and if I maybe was able to 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 educate myself I could be far maybe in university or maybe pursuing mm-hmm. social work or having a good job. So this thing only this thing was just there in front of me. and like sort of like breaking my self esteem, breaking my confidence. And this time I said, you know what? Uh, I'm just gonna end my life. And that was back in twenty twelve. Um, then I said, no, I need to end my life. But by God's grace, um, I think before attempting to take my life, I made a call to my mother, uh, which at the time she was at work because she went um, as a domestic worker. So she was on a sleep-in. But she did pick up that um, maybe there's something that I'm about to do. So she called my younger brother who came to my room. I was I was moving behind I had a room outside the house and he found me laying there. I uh, heard the story the next day that he found me laying there, they called the ambulance and then they took me to court school. So during that time now, I think the incident took place on a Wednesday and then I came back on a Thursday. On a Friday my sister invited me to a church a crusade that was in Samara. That time I was in Samora, I've already moved from Kainja. So I went to the to the crusade and um, in hopes that uh, my sister thinks she 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 felt like I needed to be in a place where I could get prayers. And then yes, the crusade went well. It was a three days uh, crusade. I went even on Saturday as well as Sunday. Uh, so I was just feeling like no, I need to change my life. I need to actually try to get to know God. But my salvation was not strong because on a Tuesday, uh, the same guys that I worked for uh, called me again to say, listen, we have another trip for you. This time around, we are promising you 100000 The temptation was still there. (laughs) Yeah, when you sort of like in the beginning stages, or you know, actually, uh, Shepard, I wonder if you shouldn't share this in the next break because you know, this is now where the the real story really happens, hey? (laughs) Yeah, so uh, Shepard, I think I'm going to let us finish that, that. journey in the next session because this is now the story that really got to me is that after your salvation so-called salvation you still Mm. went and did that you know went and did that trip and Mm. that you were still tempted and i think we have to get to understanding that so many times we just go and at that last minute, we think we're on the right road and we think we can just go and do one more thing. You know, okay, mm-hmm. tomorrow I'm just going to have my last drink. Tonight I'm mm-hmm. just going to have my last smoke. Tonight mm-hmm. I'm just going to do And then something happens. So mm-hmm. I think Absolutely. we need to share that in our next session because I think that is going to be really something that we need to share, that, we need, that people need to hear. 
So, mm-hmm. um, family and friends, I'm just, we're going to have to take a break now quickly. And then I want Shepard to really share this next journey, which is really uh, uh, something that really caught my heart. And I just know that you're going to feel and you're going to be, it's going to be such a warning and it's going to be such a testimony of God's goodness and greatness, but also of our perf- our will that comes into play when we make bad decisions, even when we are saved. So uh, Shepard, we're going to join you straight after this. So just don't go away um, and we'll be with you shortly. Good afternoon, family friends. And I have got a very remarkable, very special person on the line with us this afternoon, Shepard Parney. And he's got a really touching uh, story and testimony of um, his journey in life, uh, not being able to read and write due to, um, I think you've come to terms with the fact that you've got a form of dyslexia, huh? Yes, yes, a form of dyslexia which was not picked up in the right time in his life and uh, which led him on a path that is really, really troubling and rebellious and uh, struggles and of his own confidence and um, future was really impacted by this. So, Shepard, you were sharing just before we took a break um, that you got saved and and I think we all have been to that point where we get saved and then we think we can take the last drink and then we can take the last drug and we can take the last smoke and we can do this one last thing for wrong thing. And then um, because we don't know what salvation is, proper, proper salvation is yet, um, and you've got that story really with us really serious consequences so just share with us when you got saved your sister took you to the crusade and then you got saved and then that was just the weekend and then the next week you still had a job to do for these people (laughs) yes so as just as the lord was i believe the lord was busy working my heart during that time because i was sort of like sensing now that you know what I think I need to try uh, the salvation or try to get to know God. Uh, because of for three days now, I've been attending this conference and I've been hearing some preachings, you know, and I'm like, you know what, I need to try this out. Just as I'm busy thinking about those, making those decisions, and obviously the enemy also during that time was also sort of like trying to bring some doubt in my mind to say what what are you going to say to your friend? What are you going to say uh, to your girlfriend and the girlfriend during that time? You know, a lot of negative thoughts were in my mind. Um, in the week, uh, the crusade was 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 during the weekend. I think it was a Tuesday, if I could be specific, when the gentleman called me to say we have a trip for you. And this was after like uh, months, you know, we haven't spoken, and then they just come now in this moment. Where I'm like, I, I really need to try to sort out my life. And then I get this call, and I just said, you know what? I'll give you a call back. And then during those days, there was no WhatsApp or anything. I, I remember I was using my Toronto phone. I said, look, I'll see you call back, and then you call me back. We can talk about this. And then I thought about this. Honestly, the lie that I told myself during that time, mm-hmm. again, I lied to myself. I tried to justify this thing. I was like, okay, you know what? Uh, let me go again. 
you know, let me go again and this time I'm just gonna get some money and, and buy myself some sweets. And my, my young brother was in great level at that time. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm gonna save some money so that in get to grade twelve maybe I can help him with his education. You know, just these lies in my mind, mm, just lies and deception. If I can go safely, this is what I'll do. I'll come back and I'll focus in, in, in church. And mm. during that time, I was praying to to actually a God that I did not know. I honestly did not know, you know. But I believe this is what the scripture says in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 11. Solomon says that God has set, has set eternity in man's heart, you know. That they know that there is a God, but they just couldn't foretell me what he has done from beginning to the end. During that time, you know, I, I, I didn't know really, I didn't have that strong relationship with God. Then I took up the, the, the job. I went uh, to Sao Paulo again. But during this time, I was not bold as I was before. Uh, I, I, I felt like there's something wrong about this. You know, I felt very wrong. I was not energetic. Uh, I, was, I, I could feel that, you know, the conviction. When I arrived, I normally when I arrived in Brazil, I would go out, you know, uh, go to to restaurant to look at sites and just explore the place. But during this time on the second trip, I was just indoors. I was indoors mm. and I did not go anywhere. It's like you, you felt know. an inner warning, like a premonition that something's yes, not yes. right. Yes, I felt I felt, I felt like something is not right. I remember for the first time in my life, I listened to to people um, uh, that speak uh, or that share the gospel. I would say in that sense, there were people like Jehovah's Witness uh, that I met during that time, and then I just stopped it because they wanted to speak to me, and then I stopped. I normally, in my previous life, I would not do that. You know, I always uh, brush it off, but I, I I stopped and listened to them. And then took up those flyers. I, I left them in my room uh, because I could not read them. I just look at the pictures and then I left it there. But the time arrived for me to come back. Then I came back uh, in November. And as I was coming back on a trip, um, yes, so what we did, we, what I transported was cocaine. So we swallowed the drugs. So I came back. Um, as I was coming back, I took out some of the drugs when the plane was approaching our tambo uh, because I was supposed to drop the drugs in Johannesburg. Then I phoned the gentleman um, that I was working for during the time to say, you know what, I've taken out some of these drugs, so I'm going to flush them to the, over to the toilet. And then he said, no, don't do that. I'll send someone to collect them. But yes, to cut the long story short, when I arrived at custom, they I, I they checked my luggage, they found the drugs. So I was arrested at that time. And then when I got arrested at that moment, you know, what what was in my heart, I just said, you know what, if if this is the way that my life is, is heading, uh let it be it, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm caught. And that time I was I was very young, you know. I'm like I'm caught, let me just surrender. I surrendered, I was taken to the police station and they took out the drugs for me. 
and I was sent to a prison in Johannesburg called Modabi. Uh, that is where I was sent for a waiting trial so that I would appear um, to the court. It was November, so my reminder during that time, because it was approaching December, was April. I still remember the date. It was April uh, the 6th. So I, I, was, I stayed on the mind up from November, December uh, to April next year, which is 2013, uh, waiting for my day, for my first appearance before... So you stay in that. prison? Did you stay in prison? Yes, I, yes, I stayed in prison, but okay. on the awaiting trial. Okay. So I was reminded. And then during that time where I was, I was, I was in awaiting trial, there was a gentleman, actually I heard the story later on, but he made a decision, uh, a vow to God, that he will go to prison every Saturday to share the gospel with the inmates uh, because he trusted God uh, he was uh, he was going to be sentenced uh, life. So he prayed to God and said to God, if God would help him not to be sentenced, he would commit to come to prison every Saturday. So on this Saturday, uh, while I was there, I think it was my first uh, week, I attended to one of his services. And he was sharing uh, on Isaiah 43, verse 18, uh, that day, and how God, uh, what, how we should forget the former things and how we should not dwell on the past. For God is about to do anything in our lives. And, and, and then he shared on God's love, how he loved us and how God has forgiven us uh, through Jesus Christ on the cross. And then from from that day, the experience I had that day was different than the one that I had when I was at that conference because this time he called, you know, that anyone who wants to come in front to receive Jesus, they, they should stand up. And then I stood up, I went in front, I was maybe the first person to be there, and I was crying, I was crying. I, I, I don't know, for the first time, crying in front of me, um, people, you know, we don't do that in our culture. <laughs> you know, yeah. we don't cry. They say men mustn't cry. So for the first time, I just cried in front of in front of the people. And then he said, brother, you are forgiven. Um, confess um, this prayer. And then I did a prayer of salvation. And then I went back to my cell. Um, it, it, I felt so good. I, I really felt so good. You know, after crying there, and then the prayers, I felt really good. I was just waiting for the next weekend for him to come back. Uh, the next Saturday, which he did. And then uh, I could not wait to attend. As I attended this time, he spoke about the, pa- the power of the Holy Spirit. As I was sitting there listening to him, sharing about the encounter of Peter when he was arrested and how the angel came to his rescue and how we received the, the, the power of the person of the Holy Spirit to help us to serve and work with God. What happened to my mind was that if if this power is real, I need to pray and ask God to help me to read, you know, because now I knew that I had something that was sort of like limiting me to know God. 
because yes, you needed to read. You needed to read this word. Yes. Yes, yes. In his message, he he kept on emphasizing the importance of studying the word of God. You know, and my first scripture in life, you know, to hear a verse it was that Isaiah forty three. Um, so verse 18 to 19, which is still one of my favorite verses, you know, how it's like, I, I went I went back to the cell after the service, um, and then I prayed this simple prayer, I said, Lord, if, if really you, you really agree, help me to, to read this word. You know, I had a small kingdom Bible uh, that I had when I came in the prison, those small blue kingdom Bibles. So then, obviously, the Holy Spirit did not just come. I had to play my part. You know, I had to play my part in terms of, like, really opening the Bible and reading it, uh, which, what I did, I started reading, because the Sidon Bible, it only has the... The, the New Testament. And, and the Psalms, yes. So I started from Matthew. You know, I read the story of Jesus and Mary. You know, I read... Uh, when it came to the part where they crucified the Lord, you know, I cried. I was like, how can this wonderful person... I did not understand that time mm. that, um, you know, there was a person like this, you know, who did so much good, you know, and even myself as a child, I always, you know, children are very innocent. When you come to this world, it's sort of like one piece for everyone. I was, I was, I could not believe there was such a human being, mm. you know, who was so loving and kind. Because my background in my home, we never went to church. My father believes in ancestral worship, you know, that's yes, what I was taught. Yes, yes. So I never went to church, except maybe a friend invited me. But in my own home, we, we were not religious people. So when I when I heard about this man, then I started falling in love through the stories of the gospel. And then I read, and then I taught myself now, how to read and write using using uh, a dictionary and and teaching my the Lord. So he had to take you out of the world into prison mm. so that you can learn to know know who he is. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it's an incredible story. Yeah. I think that was the purpose also because of yes. maybe the Lord saw that there was so much noise around my mind. And in you your know, life, so many distractions, I, but he knew yeah, what he was going to do with you. Yes, Shepard, we're going to yes. have to take a quick break and then we're going to join you. We haven't got much more time. It's, I tell you, you've got such an incredible story. I just, I just love hearing it again. Um, so we're going to quickly join you straight after this, but then you can just tell us, you know, what is it that you're wanting to encourage our youth, encourage people mm. that have been walking the road um, in the next mm. session? Okay, we've got, uh, uh, we're going to take a quick uh, uh, soundtrack uh, break, and then we'll join you right after this. Okay, thank you so much for joining us. I tell you now, uh, Shepard uh, Pony's on on the line with us this afternoon, and he's got such a remarkable story. I get so thrilled every time I I hear it. Um, and Shepard, you've been in you up until uh, our break that we had. You were in prison. You learned how to read and write after year not being able to do that in all your life and mm-hmm. praise the Lord he actually set you apart and then you learn to read the word is that not incredible not incredible yeah. <laughs> so I want you to, to share what happened in prison with you and plus the fact that you know obviously now you had to go to court 
um, oh. and then obviously um, how life turned out for you. I mean, after that, you're living such a beautiful, victorious life right now. So just share that briefly with us. Yes. Uh, so that's during that time as I was making these steps now to sort of like teach myself, spending time um, on the Word of God and the Word of God really working in my heart. You know, I was starting to act on what the Word was telling me to do. I was taking those steps as I was reading the Bible, trying to be kind, trying to be loving, you know, even to the people that were around me during that time. You can imagine prison is a very rough place, you know. There were times where I had to practice forgiveness and kindness to people around me, and that sort of like helped me to grow uh, spiritually. Then my time came to to appear before the judge. I made this decision, which um, like made me a laughing stock <laughs> inside prison, where I was telling the guys that listen, I'm gonna be guilty. And um, most of the people, they, they, they were like, no, you don't do that. You don't be guilty uh, on a case. You know, you have to maintain your innocence if you've done something. <laughs> so uh, yes, like, no. that's the normal way to go. <laughs> yeah, no, I said, no, I can't do that. Uh, I felt a deep conviction in my heart to the Holy Spirit telling me, if you say now you are changed and you want to follow me, you will be lying if you say you are not guilty. You are lying, yes. you know. So that was sort of like my first step was also uh, like making sure that my faith, you know, was really uh, from the Lord. So I, I appeared on the sixth of April, and then I said to the magistrate, "I'm guilty." And then they they said that during that time in Johannesburg, there was a huge. Uh, drive of like people that were doing drugs and doing crime and they said listen you were supposed you're supposed to give you uh 25 years but because you've shown remorse and uh and you have pleaded guilty we will give you uh 10 years and then five years we will do it inside and then we'll give you another one uh that you can do it uh outside so I I, I I got when I got sentenced I I really did not feel yes, it was a lot of years to be sentenced ten years, you know, and it was my first time to be sentenced, but there was such a joy and a peace in my heart that I had that okay, I am away, I'm I'm trying to I'm away from my family, my loved ones, but I'm gonna trust the Lord. When I go to the sentence side, I want to know more about God. I'm going to find the church outside and then I will speak to the Lord. And then which is what I did, you know, I, I, when I went, when I went and changed my clothing to the orange clothing, I, I just continued to share the gospel with other inmates. And I went to F section, which was a Christian section. I became a part of a leadership there. Uh, I was the guy that recognized me, how I, I was committed in also preaching the gospel because we would preach to other inmates and go to other sections and, and, and teach other guys uh, about Christ. So they saw that uh, and then I became part of the leadership. I got an opportunity to study theology there uh, through the church uh, that actually sponsored the church inside prison. Uh, the church in Johannesburg is called Maranatha Community Church. So they trained uh, 12 guys to train other disciples for the Lord. So I was part of that. And I grew in the Lord. I did amazing 
for my studies. Uh, it was the advanced diploma in theology. I did so amazing. A lot really helped me. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe it from somebody <laughs> that can't read. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so <laughs> okay, I, really, I, I just enjoyed reading. I never stopped. Even up, up, up until today, I'm, I'm a person who likes to read a book. I have to read a book. So because this is something that I, I, was, I was deprived of. So I enjoy reading a lot. So I did amazing during that time. And then my mother came up for our graduation. And then I was released in 2017. And then during that time, I, 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 I went, I got work. On my first week, I met someone at the church who gave me a flyer of this amazing organization in Cape Town called the Message Trust. Then I went to them, and then I shared my story. I I came at the right time. They were about to open a cafe that is called Gangster Cafe. Yes, then that's I, where I met you. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's where we met each other. Then I worked uh, for Gangster for those years, and then I moved 2020. Uh, I worked for a property management company um, called a Capital Grow as a facilities administrator there. Then I, after that, I, I, I started when now the, 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 the voice, you know, that spoke to me when I was inside. Because while I was inside prison, during my studies of theology, um, the, there was a module that we, we were studying, you know, that spoke about community transformation. Mm. And this, which was something that really touched me amongst all the modules that we did because I had to now, uh, the, the, the reason for that study was to bring out uh, the, the call, the calling of God on each and every one of us, you know, so that we can serve. And, and now I had to ask myself, what is that that I feel the Lord has called me to do? I knew that deep down in my heart, I didn't want to, to preach the gospel only without even bringing some substance to help the people. I didn't want to open a church. So during the module, there was a part where they taught us that Paul had a tent business, a tent-making business that he used to sustain his livelihood. That's right. So I looked at my life, you know, what, what skill that I had. So, you know, God is amazing. You know, from then I made a decision because I worked for Kauai, I used to do coffee. I wrote that I would open up a coffee shop, but not knowing that I would work for gangster. So I just want to pause on that. I didn't know that I would work for gangster. But I wrote down that I wanted to open Can you believe? the official. You prophesied of your own life. Yes, and God orchestrated, and and I met that gentleman on my first week who gave me that flyer of this organization that helped uh, ex-offenders. How amazing that God actually took me to a place where I was equipped more because at cancer I went now to study. Uh, how to be a barista and how to brew coffee, how to work at the coffee industry, mm. and which, 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 on my third course of of training of of being trained as a professional barista, the story of how coffee was discovered by an Ethiopian boy named Kali in Ethiopia, mm. who was a shepherd boy, a goat herder. I got the name on my sister. That's where you got your name from. Yes, because this Beautiful. boy was a shepherd boy. So on that class, I told myself, when I, op- when I open a coffee shop, I'll name it Melusi. Melusi also means shepherd. Praise so the I'll Lord. Name- 
I will name it Melusi Coffee because okay. also God is my shepherd, you know. So that's how Amen. the name came. So I, I, I worked for, for Gangster, worked for Capital Group. Then the voice came again in 2021 when I was working for this property management company. Now I felt like I was not in alignment. I felt like I was, because now I was at the office. I was doing admin work. I was working at the computer, which was amazing for someone mm-hmm. who came from not knowing how to From not that. knowing anything. Yes, sure. the, Lord, the Lord taking me to a corporate space now where I, I, I had meetings on boardrooms. You know, I've never been in a boardroom. From prison to boardrooms, I was like, Lord, you know, I was overwhelmed and touched. And yes. God, you are amazing. You know, I could not believe what he did. But in time now, the voice was saying, no, you need to move. You need to open this coffee shop. Because mm-hmm. the reason for me to want to open this coffee shop you know, and even while I was inside, when the Lord spoke to me about opening a business, not a ministry, was because I saw the struggles of the children in the township where yes. I come from. So this you know, gives so so uh, Shepherd, we are slowly but surely having to to wrap this up. But so your 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 heartbeat at the moment is to be able to encourage other uh, youngsters and people to open up their own coffee shops. Is that what yes. you're busy with right now? Yes, but the, the main thing, the main scripture that the Lord gave me is the life of Gideon. Because first, before they can open their own or before I can teach them, they need to turn to the Lord. You know, when the Lord called Gideon, he called him to, to ask the Israel to turn away from evil, but to turn to the true God. So they need to know the gospel. So Melissa Coffee is a platform that I want to use. To so it's a ministry gospel, platform as well. To, yes, yes, but also to give the skill for someone uh, to have something because it's pointless to share the gospel and someone is hungry. They don't have the practical tools. You know, so I want to give them the tool so that they can use the skill to empower okay. themselves. Wow, what a what a powerful testimony. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, and we are yeah. so blessed to have had you and thank you for taking your time. And thank we will you. definitely keep in touch and see how your uh how your I see you having workshops and all those kind of things. What a wonderful yeah. um opportunity for those out there. Um we can maybe they can you can just give us your contact number, uh then uh, you know, and where people can contact you if they want to know anything more about this. So if anyone wants to contact me for a any question or for any event that they might have, I'm on Instagram. It's at Melusi Coffee, Coffee for Snobs. You'll find me there. And also my email address is shepherd.pami at icloud.com. Fantastic, fantastic. Shepherd, may the Lord just bless you. And may the Lord just continuously use you mightily for his kingdom and Mm -hmm. great success to you and your teams and all those that are going to follow you in suit. And uh, yes, family and friends, we have to end this afternoon and uh, stick to the rules, be safe, and we'll see you next week. God bless and thank you, Shepherd, for joining us this afternoon. It was such a blessing. Thank you. Thank you so much. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.